Um, I've been talking about the Azusa Street Revival. What have you guys learned so far, those who've been here years, about the Azusa Street Revival? It was crazy. In what way? Yeah, it's going through the youth. The six-year-olds and the in the youth. Yeah. Okay. Anything else? Limbs growing back. Limbs growing back, crazy. So I was excited this week because back in 2006, it was the 100-year anniversary of the Azusa Street Revival. I was in Bible College at the time in Oakland, and they had a big uh, what would you call it? A big convention, a big celebration for the centennial. They called it the Azusa Street Centennial. And we got to go as a Bible college from Oakland, small Bible college, but we all got to go and to participate and sit on a, they had like the superstar cast of preachers and singers and musicians. And it was just a, I think I, I would appreciate it more now than I did then. But one of the things that I've held on to for the last several years is this, basically a program wow. about the Azusa Street Revival, and it's, uh, it's the whole thing about the history. And I never really thought, I just knew I should hold on to it, but I didn't think, uh, I didn't think too much of it up until now, and I'm so glad that I, that I was able to, to, to hold on to it. And as you guys know, that's William Seymour on the cover. And if I just get everybody's attention. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, but I was so glad because I actually wanted to, I was looking for this last week mm. before I taught, but I wasn't able to find it because I forgot there was one extra spot in my bookcase uh, or this uh, on this desk that I got, there's a spot that I can't, with my eyes I can't see it, but you have to look around the corner to kind of like see that there's books there. And I forgot I had put books there. And it just crossed my mind this week Mm. That um, that this might be there, or else I would have threw, or else I would have threw it away, or just put it in the recycle. Because again, like I said, I never really thought I would go through this, um, but I so appreciate that I held on to it. And I want to say that there's, I, I believe that there's, there's something in here for you guys. Mm. It's just one little sentence, but when I was thumbing through it a couple nights ago, I'm like, that's why I was looking for this. And tonight, I just, I really want to challenge you guys. Mm. Um, but that, I don't know what else to say to challenge you guys to go further and deeper. And I'm so glad that I got to hear that, that you guys wanted to go more nights. Mm -hmm. um, what are five plus more weeks or till the rapture? Who said till the rapture? You gotta be careful what you say to the Lord. <laughs> you might find yourself for the rest of your life in a prayer room, <laughs> which is a good thing. That's not a bad thing, but you gotta be careful. Because uh, I remember I had a fleeting thought one time back before I was involved in the house of prayer. I would just come in the mornings before Bible college. And I was just sitting in the, and we had pews back at Parkway back then. And one person was up on the keyboard leading a devotional. And it just, there was just this fleeting thought that went through my mind. And it was, I wish I could be more involved here. And then fast forward the next thing you know, three and a half years in the night watch. So sometimes you got to be, um, Careful about what you say to the Lord, and even just some of our fleeting thoughts are not even just. Sometimes there's the Lord. Mm -hmm. um, but anyways, I just I, I just hope that we're really stirring you guys up for something more, mm -hmm. um, and something more in your experience with God. Mm -hmm. And that's why when I was looking through this, they have this whole timeline. I'm talking like six pages mm -hmm. of timeline and highlights of the Azusa Street Revival, and I just tell you, 
I was just blown away going through the timeline. Even though I've already listened to a lot of things on it, leading up to coming here on Friday nights, but one of the things I want to say is that I just one of the things that blew my mind, blew me away was uh, just how many people came to this thing and were baptized in the Holy Spirit that had no previous experience of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, this whole other experience in God that that's that's biblical and that that we can enter into as believers if we're hungry for it and if we desire it and if we want it. And I'm talking about entire churches would come that weren't even, didn't even really believe in it. And the next thing you know, the whole congregation is baptized in the Holy Spirit, speaking in new, and, and, and speaking in tongues. Wow. And just, I was just floored. It's like testimony after testimony, plus, you know, all the healing stuff. But this time, because I was just blown away. And so this is the sentence that I just want to kick us off with tonight. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I hope it does something in your hearts to, to press in for more, because like Amy said, I do believe I want to stand up. I do believe mm-hmm. that this is something special going on here. And I do believe that you're a special group of, of young men and women. Mm-hmm. Why else would teenagers want to be in a prayer room on Friday nights? Come on. Except for to encounter God, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Come on, you're not just coming here to sing songs. Yeah. You're coming here to encounter God. You're here to encounter the living God. That's why we're here. And I tell you, there's greater experiences for you if you want it, mm-hmm. if you desire it. Just how hungry are you? How hungry are you? Mm-hmm. And I just really just pray that you get so stirred that you're like, I have to have more. Mm-hmm. Like, I know Danny knows this song by Corey Asbury, Shekinah Glory says that they're crying out. We want the fullness. Mm-hmm. We want more. We want more. We want the fullness. Mm-hmm. There's more. Mm-hmm. And so I do, tonight, I'm just going to be honest, I do want to emphasize the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Mm. I do want it because it, it's, it's empowering. It's like if the disciples needed it 2,000 years ago, the first church needed it, how much more do we need it now? The empowerment of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Mm-hmm. And how much more when the Spirit falls on us are we activated in the gifts of the Spirit a lot quicker? Now, you don't have to desire, you don't have to want, you could go on and live a great Christian life without it. But if there's more to it, more to God and more of your experience that you can experience, why not? Why not press in for more? Why not ask God? That's basically what William Seymour did, who was really the catalyst to the whole thing mm-hmm. that God used. He, like we've said, he was a humble black man in the early 1900s. Mm-hmm. Wanting to know more of God, wanting to know if there's a deeper experience and encounter with the Lord. It led him to a Bible college in Houston, Texas, where he had to sit outside of the classroom. Mm-hmm. And, a, or, and to, to hear the teachings, and he, he got to hear the premier teacher of that day teach on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Because back then, you guys might not understand it now, but back then in the 1900s, the early 1900s, the experience of the baptism of the Holy Spirit was a rare thing. There wasn't too many Christians that were baptized in the Spirit then. For some reason in church history, it just kind of died off Mm -hmm. up until about 1901. And so he sat there and got to learn about it, and he taught on it, as I've said before, like before even he got to experience it. But he was so convinced through what the Scripture said Mm -hmm. that he taught on it. So from, from, from Bible college, 
William Seymour, from, from there, he got invited to a pastor of a church in L.A. And you know what? He didn't even, it was a 10-week course, and he didn't even get to finish it because he got called. And he felt led by the Lord, yes, I'm supposed to go pastor this church in, in L.A., in Los Angeles. And one of the things that was going on in Los Angeles at that time, there was a stirring and a hunger for the Lord in other congregations, in other churches. And they were praying for revival. They believed in revival because before the Azusa Street revival, because we're talking about revivals, there was the Welsh revival in Wales. Mm -hmm. um, a different thing, uh, similar to Azusa, but different, unique in its own perspective. And maybe we'll get to learn about the Welsh revival in the coming weeks. Mm -hmm. But anyways, there was a stirring and a hunger for God. And people wanted an experience. They wanted a touch of heaven. So William Seymour comes to pastor this church, and uh, he gets kicked out his first day because of what he taught him. What he taught the Bible, he taught him what he believed in, and the baptism of the Holy Spirit on some and on some stuff from the end times. So he preaches twice at the church, and he comes back for a, a evening service, and the doors are locked. They're saying, "We don't want you here." That's crazy. Mm. So it led him to a place of prayer and pursuing the Lord. Um, with another believer who invited him into his home. And this man would pray five to seven hours a day seeking the Lord. This man was hungry. You want to talk about somebody hungry for God? That's somebody hungry for God. He's not just looking for direction. He's hungry for the Lord. Mm -hmm. And so people heard about his prayer meeting and how much he spent. So people would join him. And it got too big for that house. So then that's when they moved to the Bonnie Bray Street. Remember we were talking about Bonnie Bray Street? The one that Amy got to visit a couple years ago. So it led him to the Bonnie Gray Street, to this other couple's house. And he started a prayer meeting and a Bible study. And they go and uh, they sat down on a 10-day fast, day three into the fast. It's just a small group of people like what we have here, a small group of believers mm -hmm. who hadn't experienced the baptism. William Seymour opens up to Acts chapter 2, verse 4. Mm -hmm. And then uh, and he teaches. And then his, his, the guy, so, and then his friend asked him, will you lay hands on me? Will you pray for me? He prays for him. Boom, the guy's on the floor. Praying, baptizing the Holy Spirit, praying in tongues. Next thing you know, William Seymour's future wife is, boom, encountered by the presence of God, laid out on the floor, praying and singing and speaking in tongues. Didn't know how to play the keyboard. Wasn't a trained musician. Gets led by the Lord to hop up onto the key, the piano that they have in the house and can play. And then she's singing and praying in the spirit. It causes a great commotion. This is in 1906, and the neighborhoods are different than our neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. People are like, what is going on there? Mm -hmm. You know, you say they're just excited about what God is doing. It's a move of God. Mm -hmm. It's almost like all of a sudden, for some reason, on, 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 on April 9, 1906, the heavens open mm -hmm. over Bonnie Bray Street. The heavens opened on a small group of people, and people were drawn to this little house. And the, and the story goes, I didn't get to share it with you the times before, but people would encounter God a block away from Bonnie Bray Street. Bonnie Bray Street. It got so bad, it caused a traffic jam because people were laid out in the street, encountered by the presence and the power of God that opened up in L.A. over this place. And then more people came to the house where it got to be too much. They needed to go to another building. That's when they went to the Azusa Street. Um, 314 Azusa Street. 314. What it does, the address doesn't matter, but that's when they moved to Azusa Street. 
I'm I'm type of person if I I want to give like accurate stuff. So it's either three twelve was Zeus's tree or three fourteen. I think it was three twelve. <laughs> so I like to tell stories accurately. You know, I just it's just me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's one of my I guess one of my quirks. I just I uh, want to know the details, so I'll just I'll listen to more testimonies. Mm-hmm. Just to get, I want an accurate picture. I want to portray an accurate picture. Mm-hmm. And so they move there, and uh, the revival it begins to grow, mm-hmm. and things begin to happen. And like I told you guys, I think it was last week that William Seymour, you want to talk about awkward, in these services, he would come to these services and, and put his head in the box and pray during the services. That's like strange, right? Awkward, that's weird. But that's what he would do, God let him. And then when he would take, and like for some, sometimes it'd be for 10 minutes, sometimes it'd be over an hour. And then once he would come out from that place of prayer, and that's what he was doing with his head in the box, um, that's when things would begin to happen. He, and like I said, he would usually ask somebody to pray, uh, to lead a worship song. And, uh, and somebody, and, and most of the time it was a song called uh, The Comforter Has Come. It was about the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So if anything, I hope you guys get stirred about the Holy Spirit. Because mm-hmm. he is just, my goodness, uh, so good. Um, so they would play a song about the Holy, uh, sing a song about the Holy Spirit. And then he would ask those in the room who were baptized in the Spirit and could seek or, uh, speak in tongues or sing in tongues to pray to sing in the spirit mm-hmm. and then it just took it up to a whole new level yeah and um i really believe that's something that god has for us here mm-hmm. um and i just want to say this when i first started coming around the house of prayer back in 2008 one of the things that drew me wasn't the only i mean god drew me number one but one of the things that drew me was listening to worship i remember i could just remember it vividly like jim Stillwell on the keyboard and this was at the Encounter God service. Mm-hmm. And I, I pray that these, these Friday nights turn in, not necessarily to the name, but to the experience of an Encounter God service. Right. When we come in here and we're encountering God for real, you know, mm-hmm. at the heart level. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just remember Jim would be up on the keyboards leading worship. And I had never experienced this before, mm-hmm. prior in my experience in my Christian walk. Then all of a sudden, and he's singing with the team, all of a sudden they would launch into singing in the spirit like what we do in our prayer sets here mm-hmm. and i'm like holy smokes yeah. i'm like they're reaching something in god into a place where i've never been before and i want to get there i want to go there mm-hmm. and it's uh and so just to say to say is that there's something powerful about it mm-hmm. and uh, so so they would sing in the spirit and the Shekinah, they'd say it, the shekinah glory would come mm-hmm. and just not only just fill the room it would spill out into the streets. Mm-hmm. And, and here's another thing about the presence and power of God as is at Azusa Street, is that, so at Bonnie Gray Street, people encountered the presence and power of God a block away. Mm-hmm. When the power was being released at Azusa Street, because they just went to another level, mm-hmm. um, people were experiencing the presence and power of God a half a mile away. Like, believers that would come from overseas and from different parts of, of the United States to come to this thing. Because like I've said before, this had a global impact. Mm-hmm. Like on, on, a, on a global scale in the body of Christ. Like I said, in the 1900s, it's, the baptism of the Holy Spirit wasn't a big thing. Now it's like, it's totally accepted. Uh, mostly accepted. But, like, mm-hmm. but nothing like in the 1900s. And so people would come 
and a half a mile away would get blasted and we would be laid out. Can you imagine that? They're getting off the train at the train station and boom, they're caught up under the presence and power of God. It got so much where people were calling in medics and calling in the ambulances and stuff like that. They're saying there's nothing physically wrong with these people. There's nothing wrong, we don't know. So they got people from the revival to come. Uh, this, this guy named Frank Bartleman, who was a, a key factor in the Azusa Street Revival, um, man of prayer. So he come and he said, hey, these people are in the presence of power of God. Let's get them to the revival. Let's get them to Azusa Street. So they would bring them to Azusa Street. And so it got to the point where, like, people are laid out. Let's call the people out of the Azusa Street mission. Let's call them because these people don't need medical attention. They need to get to the revival. I mean, come on. We're talking about a half a mile away. Wow. Can you imagine that? Is this good stuff? Mm-hmm. Is this, is this stir, does this stir you in any way mm-hmm. to want to seek into a encounter God at another level? Because mm-hmm. I'm telling you, there's another level for you. There's another level for us. There's another level for me. And I'm hungry for it. It's almost like you guys, you guys probably haven't seen the movie, but um, it's kind of an older movie, <laughs> uh, Field of Dreams. Mm-hmm. Kevin Costner, well, this guy who built a baseball field. And, but anyways, one of the big things about it, and you hear the verse, voice saying, if you build it, they will come. You know? I swear, and so that part you might remember, but that's what I feel like. It's like, if you want it, mm-hmm. come and get it. Mm-hmm. That's what I feel like the Lord said. If you want it, come and get it. Mm-hmm. Like that verse that I read a couple weeks ago. It's like, if you, Jesus is telling the story. If you, being a good father, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Father give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Mm-hmm. So I want to stir up hunger tonight. I want to stir up hunger in you guys tonight. Mm-hmm. For more. For more, like, sometimes we got to turn off the, the social media. We got to turn off the things that are distracting. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in, in my own life, you know, for more of God. It's like I feel like if you want to come and get it, mm-hmm. the Lord is saying. Because there's more. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I've been doing just in my own personal, uh, Nori doesn't even know this. I think I need, I, I need to share more stuff with her. But <laughs> just on, for Fridays, it's simple as simple as this. On Fridays, I have to work, but I just, there's so many things that I can look up, you know, and, and, and slow times at my work or on my lunch break. I like sports. You see, I like the Warriors. You know, I'm, I'm not as a fanatic as much as before in regards to sports, but I still appreciate sports. I still like competition. And, uh, and even the, the, the anyways, yeah. ultimate fighting mixed martial arts, but don't judge me because, <laughs> don't judge me because there's scripture where God talks about David's mighty men and what they did. <laughs> I was thinking about that recently. I'm like, wow. some people are like, how could you be a Christian and like mixed martial arts? I appreciate, I don't like all the, bl- some of the, the violence because some of it I feel like some of these fighters can control themselves better, especially when they see this dude, a dude knocked out. Mm. You know, they don't have to land a few more blows. Mm. But, like, so some of the stuff I'm like, eh, yeah, that guy went too far. And, and even fighters would talk about that. But I'm like, I'll see about it recently. Like, wait a minute, but God, 
has has this whole there's two chapters on it of David's mighty men and what they did. Mm-hmm. So you know, mm-hmm. and there's Christians that are mixed martial arts too, by the way. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I'm just defending it for myself. Um, no. But anyways, so but anyway, so on Fridays I just it's probably the third going on the week three where I just tune everything out. Like I just I'm like I just want God on Friday. Mm-hmm. I'll just listen to worship music. I drive a lot for work, driving around the Bay Area. It's like I'm just gonna focus on this. At lunchtime, I'll eat, um, but I'll I'll like also eat some spiritual food too. Mm-hmm. So I don't. So I'll pull up, you know, a Bible Gateway on my phone and read scripture and, and stuff like that. And just I, t- I just take it as a day just to focus solely on the Lord, mm-hmm. and it's and it's and it's been enriching. It actually has like been helpful for like now. I don't just want to do that Fridays. I want to do that almost every day. Mm-hmm. You know, so sometimes we have to turn things off to get connected with the spirit and get connected deeper with the Lord. And uh, and uh, and I want to say something that I heard a minister say. So if you get offended, you can blame him. (laughs) (laughs) But it's good. Sometimes it's good to get, I think, offended if it produces in us a greater hunger for the Lord. But one of the things he said, this guy's name is Corey Russell, mm-hmm. and I love, there's like several lines that he said that I'm like, man, I wish, I wish I would have came up with that. Mm-hmm. But one of the things he told people years ago, this is like back in, but it's still so relevant today, Zach. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really good for your generation is that God's not boring, you're boring. Come on. You heard that before? It's so no, it's good. so true though. Yeah, God's not boring, we're boring. Yeah. God's word's not boring. We're boring. Mm-hmm. We get doled down by, and so uh, doled down in our hearts by all the, the good stuff, not even bad stuff. Mm-hmm. But we're the boring ones because God's actually really excited. Mm-hmm. And his word's really excited. Mm-hmm. And the things of God are really excited. And I think you guys know a measure of it or else you wouldn't be here on a Friday night. Mm-hmm. So this is what I found in this, in this magazine. I'm gonna to continue to look, look through it because I'm like, man, there's a reason why I kept it all this years. Mm-hmm. So as it relates to God, as it relates to the Holy Spirit, as it relates to what you can encounter with the Lord, mm-hmm. and I found it on page seven. I was like, I found it right away. I'm like, this is why I needed to find this magazine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the, this little... It's only one page, but it says, what does Azusa Street mean to us today? And this is what this dude says. His name's Gary Allen. He says, and this is what I felt like really resonated with me, what I want to pass on to you. Every generation must experience its own Pentecost. Mm-hmm. Every generation must experience its own Pentecost. Do you know what that means? No? Do you know what Pentecost is? Or was? Yeah, because I know a bunch of people died. When a bunch of people what? Died. Died? I don't know. Sounds <laughs> good. <laughs> 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 nice. Nice. It's okay. It's okay. So we're going to learn something here. We're going to learn about Pentecost right now. <laughs> the cost. Every generation needs a bunch of people to die. <laughs> Say it with me. Please say this with me. Every generation must experience its own Pentecost. Every generation must experience its own Pentecost. 
Now say this, my generation must experience its own Pentecost. My generation must experience its own Pentecost. And say this is the last time, last one. I need to experience my own Pentecost. I need to experience my own Pentecost. I tell you what, I'm baptized in the Spirit. I pray in tongues. Mm -hmm. But I want something more. Mm. I want something more. My, my encounter with it wasn't as dramatic as some of the stories I've heard and some of the stories in the Bible. Mm -hmm. But you know what? It was just as real. But I want something more. Mm -hmm. I want the power of the Holy Spirit flowing through me. Yeah. I haven't experienced that. I want to lay hands on people and be bold enough to lay hands on people and pray for them that they would be made well. Mm -hmm. I haven't really experienced that. I prayed for a couple people and they got healed, but I don't walk in that every day. Mm -hmm. Or just be bold enough to share more about God with people that don't know him. Mm -hmm. And so I want to end with this and read some scriptures from the book of Acts. Because like I said earlier, and this is what William Seymour taught. But what I said earlier was, what did I say earlier? Yeah, no, I just, no, I just like, lost my train of thought. So I'm just sort of. What's Pentecost? How much people died? <laughs> It's when the early, the first church, it's when the disciples plus the other disciples, not just the 11, but more, were, the, the heavens were opened and they were filled with the Spirit. So, I want to read Acts chapter 2. Maybe I want to give you an assignment and see if you can find it. I want to challenge you. Can I challenge you? Mm -hmm. I want to challenge you. To read the book of Acts. Oh, oh my gosh. Confirmation. Recently? I ran into her at school, yeah, it was a few weeks. It's like a week ago. I ran into her at school and I was like, I was in the prayer room and then I was talking about talking in tongues. She's telling students to read the book of Acts. And I'm like, she said, okay. Oh my God. Boom. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, I got to do that. I didn't read the book of Acts. I didn't know teachers can do that. I didn't know that they're allowed to talk about that. But she was kind of being kind of negative and Well, no, that's not true. Either way, read the book of Acts. <laughs> she gave good advice. Yes. So I forgot what I said earlier, but we're going to go to the scriptures. Here it is. You'll read. If you read the book of Acts, and I pray that you do, I challenge you to read the book of Acts. You're going to find three encounters of the outpouring of God in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Encounter number one, Acts chapter 2. Seven weeks had gone by since Jesus' death and resurrection, and the day of Pentecost had now arrived. As the believers met together that day, suddenly there was a sound like the roaring of a mighty windstorm in the skies above them, and it filled the house where they were meeting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on their heads, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit, and began speaking in languages they didn't know, for they, the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. And in Jerusalem, it caused a commotion. Like, people that weren't a part of this and weren't a part of that baptism, they thought these people were drunk. They thought they were drunk on wine. It was only 9 in the morning, and they're hearing all this commotion, and they're like, oh, they're drunk. And then that's when Peter stands up and gives his sermon, and he said, no, th th these people aren't drunk. This is what was prophesied in the book of Joel. 
that God would pour out his spirit on all flesh, mm -hmm. and that sons and daughters would prophesy. Mm -hmm. So, fast forward, Acts chapter 10, there's this guy named Cornelius. Mm -hmm. Say Cornelius. Cornelius. Come on, who would want that name? There's some <laughs> funny names in the Bible. Cornelius. Habakkuk. <laughs> Habakkuk. Huh? Cornelius. Is it? Is it? Oh, yeah. Like He's like a dwarf or something. <laughs> <laughs> like a, a half dwarf. <laughs> but Cordelius, but he wasn't, a, he wasn't a Jew. He was a Gentile. He was a Roman. But he was a righteous man, as you, as you read when you do read it. Anyways, long story short, he has an encounter with an angel that tells him, hey, send for Peter. Peter, meanwhile, is in the city called Joppa up on a rooftop. And he's having an encounter with the Lord. It says he's in a trance. That means he's laid out and he's having visions. Because back in that day, Jews weren't allowed to, uh, to, to, to co-mingle with Gentiles. It was against the, their law. It was against their, it was against their law. And so God, through that trance, God told Peter, it's okay to go. Go, because I'm going to make them clean. So... Long story short, Peter shows up at this house, and they want to know about Jesus. So Peter begins to tell them about Jesus. And while he's telling them about Jesus, he didn't even give an altar call yet. The Holy Spirit falls on them. And this is what it says. Even as Peter was saying these things, he's telling them about Jesus, the Holy Spirit fell upon those listening. The Jews who came with Peter were amazed that the gift of the Holy Spirit would be given to the Gentiles too. Uh, but there could be no doubt about it, for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. And then Peter asked, can anyone object to my baptizing them now that they have received the Holy Spirit just as we did? So he did baptize them in the name of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Isn't that amazing? Mm -hmm. Isn't that amazing? They haven't even received Christ yet. And the Spirit falls. Wow. Like, uh, my goodness. Can you imagine, like, he's not even done preaching and boom. Anyways, last example, Acts chapter 19, and this is Paul. Wait. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, okay, good. You follow along in your Bible. And you're going to read some amazing stuff in Acts. Really do read it. Really do read it. I'll read it with you. Really? Not like literally, but like I'll be reading it alone. <laughs> yes. Start with Acts. I would start. I, I start. I would start with Acts, and then from. I mean, ask the Lord. That's what I do in my opinion. I'm not. I don't do a Bible program thing, but it's. If you do that, that's totally cool. However, the Lord leads, do it. But I'm always asking. Okay, I think it might finish one book. Like right now, I'm in Exodus in my own devotional time. And I'm like, after I'm done with that, I'm like, God, where, where do we go next? And you just follow like the little inklings of the Lord, and you're like. Mm -hmm. like Study the life of David. I'm like, I've already done that like 50 times. Mm -hmm. And then I'll be like, mm -hmm. and then I'll do it. Or wherever he leads. Mm -hmm. Even if it's like one of the gospels, it's like we think we know this stuff, but we really don't. Right. So even if he lets you after Acts, he's like, you know what? I need to know more about Jesus. Let's go back to the gospel. 
Like, you know, so just, I would say just start in Acts, and then, and then once you finish, finish Acts, ask them, okay, where do you want me to, where can I best learn from you? And God's good, and, and he'll speak to you in a, in a certain way, and you just take that little, it might be just a little inkling, and then you just, you run with it. It might be the book of Ephesians, it might be book of Revelation, you know, I don't know. But, uh, but it'll be interesting to find out, but that's where you got to come in in your personal relationship with the Lord, like, God, where do you want me to go next? Where do you want me to read? So the last scripture I want to read is Acts 19 in the first seven verses. And so this is Paul. So while Apollos was in Corinth, Paul traveled through Turkey and arrived in Ephesus where he found several disciples. So he's in Ephesus. So did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? He asked them. See, back then it was like a normal thing. It was a normal experience. He's like, he's asking them, do you guys receive the Holy Spirit? They're like, what is their response? No, they reply, we don't know what you mean. What is the Holy Spirit? <laughs> like, right? Like, how many of us in here know the Holy Spirit? Do we know him or do we just know about him? <laughs> it's okay. Because we could all grow in that area for sure. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I put myself in there. Mm -hmm. I want to know more about the third person of the Trinity. Because mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit is God. We know that, right? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. He's the third person of the Trinity, the third person of the Godhead. Mm -hmm. And he was the one that Jesus told the disciples, it's my benefit that I go back to heaven to the Father so that I can send the Spirit, so the Spirit can be released, the promise of the Father. Mm -hmm. Like to me, I always think that that's crazy. Like, you have God in the flesh. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say it. God in the bottom. God in the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jesus, God in the flesh, telling the disciples, like, it's, it's to your benefit that I go away. That's mind-boggling to me. But he's like, so I can send the Spirit, the Comforter. Mm. And I would say this. If you want to go somewhere next, uh, Denisa, after you read the book of Acts, go to the book of John. Yeah. There's like three chapters or, or, or more that Jesus is talking about the need in the in the the uh, of the Holy Spirit and who, what He's about and what His character because He's with us, He's inside us, yeah. and He's the one that walks with. I mean, Jesus does too, of course, and the Father does too. But I think we need to learn more about the Holy Spirit. I know I do. Mm -hmm. And if you guys want to go on that journey together, uh, I want to go on that journey with you. So, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? He asked him. No, they replied. We don't know what you mean. What is the Holy Spirit? Another thing about the Holy Spirit, he's holy. Mm -hmm. 